0: Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Bless the speaking and the hearing of your word. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So over the years, I have had a, um, a scary dream, kind of like Snappy, although I'm not overly caffeinated this morning. I should say overly. Um, But I've had this recurring, and I don't even know if it's a recurring dream because it's not always been exactly the same. Uh, But the dream basically uh, follows that I'm getting up on a Sunday morning and I'm getting ready to come to church like what we're doing right now. And I'm going to be leading and preaching. uh, But when I step in, to the space, uh, Murphy's Law ensues. You guys know Murphy's Law? Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> and so in various forms, don't worry, don't take it personally yourselves. I've had this dream in other places as well, um, where I show up and like all of the equipment isn't working. Uh, or I get up and I look at my, my general notes or sermon outline and I have no idea what it's about. Like somebody else wrote it and I don't even understand what I'm about to say. Or, um, and maybe this has happened to me in some places, um, the, uh, the socializing that happens at the beginning, which is a beautiful thing. We could probably do that for an hour and it would be uh, an effective work of the Spirit in our lives. But it doesn't stop. So I'll get up and I'll start trying to welcome everybody and nobody's listening at all. They just keep on talking. And I was telling a friend of mine uh, about this, versions of this uh, recurring dream that I have had over the years. He's a pastor as well down in Florida. And uh, his first reaction to me was, oh, I've never had any dreams like that. And he goes, actually, wait, I did just have a dream like that this last week for the first time. And in his, he was uh, asleep in service, which I thought was really fitting. Um, and nobody could wake him up to get it started. Right? So that was his version of it. What about you? Uh, do you have a, uh, a recurring dream like this? Something that has come up to you over the years? Um, and maybe it takes some different forms, but it has basically the same, same gist. Things uh, have all gone wrong and I'm out of control. I would imagine all of us have some form of this. I know a lot of times they talk about, you know, showing up at school or work in an embarrassing scenario. Uh, or I used to have these when I was a kid where I was like trying to run away from people, but your feet are like lead, you know, when you're in the dream, like you can't, you literally can't move any faster than you're trying. I'm seeing some nods, so I'm not the only crazy person in the room right now, right? Uh, so what do we do with our dreams um, th- we do spend a lot of time doing this. You might not remember a lot of them, but I guess a third of our lives are spent sleeping, give or take. Um, and how do we respond to the things that we dream? Uh, maybe uh, the response is some anxiety, right? You might, if you wake up from that recurring uh, bad dream, uh, it might just bring to the forefront of your consciousness that like you're worried about something. And so maybe your response to dreams is to get more anxious about what's going on. Maybe it's relief because huh, it was all just a dream, which of course is the worst premise of all movies, right? You know, those movies where the whole thing has just been, a well, what was the point of all that, right? But in your life, that's a relief. Oh, it was just a dream. This is, this is not actually happening to me. Uh, maybe your response to your dreams is avoidance. Maybe you don't think about them or talk about them at all. Or maybe the other side of it is obsession. In fact, maybe all of you are psychoanalyzing me right now based on the dream, the general dream that I gave you earlier. Maybe we we think of dreams as something that we're supposed to unlock or something that will give us some, I mean, people always like this. The old the old Christian heresy of Gnosticism was around secret knowledge. And so it doesn't matter uh, what age we're in, we always like to think that we've got some corner on it. So maybe you, maybe you obsess over dreams and figure this is going to unlock something about yourself or about what God's doing. Um, but we all move in some way with our dreams in a kind of a controlling sort of way. Right? All of those responses are are ways to grab back hold over something that we really didn't have any control over in our sleeping moments. And it makes me wonder, are dreams one more thing in our lives to try and control? Like everything else we try to control. Our futures, our finances, our plan making, our kids, our parents... Uh, whatever you, you want to call it. Is it just one, is dreams another thing for us to try to control in our lives, or is it something to be received from the Lord? So Joseph has a dream. We read about it today, and if you think it's a one-off that God does this, it's not. I mean, all throughout Scripture, we see, well, the, the other famous Joseph with his dreams, and Daniel, and many others that God uses dreams and he communicates to his people throughout Scripture uh, in this way. And going back to Joseph and his particular dream, I think he's very relatable to us because he has been betrothed to Mary. This is kind of their form of um, engagement. Um, And so he's expecting that they're going to start their family. Things are going to go the usual way. And in uh, Matthew's retelling, he's very um, uh, doctor-esque in his writing because he just gives you just the facts, right? (laughs) It doesn't go into all of the feelings about it. But you, you can read between the lines. Mary is found to be with child, and Joseph knows it's not his. So immediately, the anxiety level for Joseph has increased here. And what's the first thing that we do when we are anxious about something in our lives? We try to fix it. We think really hard about it. Maybe we try to control the other people in our lives that we think can do something about. In other words, we we step into action. And that's what Joseph does. And Matthew puts it this way. He says, well, he's faithful to the law, so he's not going to marry her now. That's Joseph's plan, right? He goes straight into action. Um, But since he's kind of a gracious guy. He's going to do it in a quiet sort of way to not increase the embarrassment for her. And so the anxiety that he feels leads him straight into control and into action. And the text doesn't say this, but I can imagine that even after Joseph makes this plan, he goes to bed that night. And how well do you think he sleeps? How well do you sleep (laughs) when you are struggling with a major decision in your life? When you feel the burden of somebody else's life uh, based on the decisions that you're going to make? I can imagine that Joseph is tossing and turning. He couldn't sleep at all last night. Just thinking of you, right? Like the old song says. He's just tossing and turning. And how many of us have had that experience In our lives, now something merciful happens to Joseph, just in dreaming. Just think about that for a second. You know, you can wake up from a bad dream, but what if you don't wake up because you never fell asleep? If you have those nights where you you tell yourself, "I've got to get my sleep tonight," right? I'm going to figure this out, and instead, you just lie awake. And you can't seem to put yourself out. You're not in control over it. And so just the fact that Joseph dreams that night is actually a gift from God because it means he's no longer awake and attempting to control everything in his life. Now he is just passive and receiving. And the dream that he receives from God is not a nightmare. It is a word of comfort. God tells Joseph, through this angel in the dream. And this is how God does things all the time, right? When he sends his messengers, whatever the means is, whether they're awake like Mary with the angel, whether Joseph sleeping, whether it's another person that God sends into the lives of his people to say, here's my word for you. God always uses some kind of means to do this. And this word from God is always a comfort because it's God saying to Joseph, I'm actually in charge here. You don't need to freak out. Trust me, I'm doing something that no one would expect. Now, dreams, sleep, vulnerability, these are interesting things, right? Because every time you go to bed, in fact, this is kind of an ancient wisdom from Christians, every time you go to bed, you prepare for death, right? In fact, the Apostle Paul calls dying sleep because of Jesus, and so every time we go to bed, we prepare to, to, to die, to rest, and then to be raised. But you know, when you go to sleep at night, you're letting go of a lot of control. Uh, when I was a high schooler, um, I loved and hated lock ins. You guys know what a lock in is? This is where, uh, the youth of the church will sleep overnight in the building, which we had one of these a couple months ago here again at St. Michael's and the kids absolutely love it, especially playing sardines in 90,000 square feet of nooks and crannies is a blast for them. But when I was younger, I had a lot of fun until it was time for me to like go to sleep and I don't like staying up late. I'm not a night owl and the reason why I didn't want to go to bed, well, do you guys know? You're all thinking of what you're going to do to me when I fall asleep, aren't you? <laughs> well, who's got the whipped cream, right? Who's going to mess with my stuff? Uh, and there's vulnerability, right? When you when you go to sleep, you're not in charge of anything. I remember this last summer when we went camping with my family. We were they were in the RV with the grandkids, and Juliet and I were in a tent. <laughs> and and the first couple of nights. Tent camp, I mean, I like tent camping, but when you're out on the edge of the section, every little sound you hear and you think the only thing between me and whatever's there is this, you know, thin little film, right? Because you know when you're sleeping, you're vulnerable. You're not in charge of anything. And dreams are, are similar in this way because they come to us unasked for. It's not a daydream. You know, when you're bored, like in a sermon, and you're daydreaming about something else, You're just, that's a kind of an intentional escape. I want to get out. But your dreams at night, you don't have any power over them. They just come to you unrequested by you. You know, have you ever had a surprisingly good dream and you wake up and go, oh, man, I wish this was real. I wish I was still in it. And so these dreams, whatever form they take, they actually come to us as unasked for gifts, which actually makes me think, Uh, This is also true of our waking hours. Think about all the things that have come your way in life that you weren't planning on, that you didn't think to ask God for. Asleep or awake, so much of our lives is gift. It's unasked for, God sending it to us. Now, at this point of least control, meaning your sleep and your dreaming, is also the greatest vulnerability that you have We see that God is still at work and has always been in charge. Which makes me wonder, am I in more of an illusion uh, at night when I'm dreaming or during the day when I'm convinced that I'm running the show? Right? In this point of vulnerability, God reminds us he's actually in charge and has our best interests at heart. And so sleeping and dreaming might just be a daily reminder to each of us that God is in charge when we wake and when we lie down at night. God comes to Joseph with a very clear message. Don't be afraid. I am in charge. God brings comfort to Joseph. Now Joseph receives this message by faith. He receives this message by faith. We don't know the whole story of Joseph. He kind of just disappears from the gospel stories, right? But we don't see him later when Jesus starts his ministry. We don't see him at the foot of the cross uh, when Jesus accomplishes his mission in dying and in his resurrection. Joseph, for all we know, gets to see the fulfillment of Jesus about as well as Abraham got to see it when God took him out and said, look at the stars in the sky, right? So Joseph, to his credit, hears this promise from God and believes him. He believes him. And he takes Mary and he does all the things that God tells him to do. God promised that he is in charge and Joseph believed. And God promises you that he is in charge. And he gives his Holy Spirit to us that we might believe him, that we might trust him, even when what God is telling us seems absurd to the rest of the world, like a dream to them. The message to Joseph is what we hear each and every week, God willing, that Jesus has come to save, that God's comfort to us comes through his own vulnerability. Jesus, the baby born, is about as vulnerable as you can be. Jesus says the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head, right, when he is carrying out his ministry. But you know what? Every single night, you know what Jesus does? He goes to sleep and he dreams. God takes on our vulnerability. He lays down this control and he does it most powerfully in the cross where he puts himself in the hands of others so that we might all be in the hands of God. This is what God is doing for us. Therefore, there is nothing to fear because Jesus has come and he will come again to make all things new and it will be beyond your wildest dreams.